Welcome to the Business of You podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Gogos. This podcast is dedicated to helping you uncover how to turn your big idea into big business and grow your personal brand into the business of your dreams. Each week, I'll talk to founders of all kinds of businesses, exploring how they launched and grew their companies. Behind every successful business is an epic journey, one that can serve as a roadmap to help you grow yours. The Business of You is all about frank conversations and unique business wisdom for the entrepreneur. It's a chance to tune into the story behind the brand and retrace the path of those who walked this road before you so you can pave your own road to success. Welcome to The Business of You. Hello, friends. We've got something a little bit different for you today. It is our 50th episode of The Business of You, and we decided to make it even more personal. My producer, Jenna, turns the microphone on me, which makes me a little bit uncomfortable. But nevertheless, we had fun. Over this past year, I've had so many incredible conversations with inspiring people from all walks of life, but I've never really shared my own story. So that's what we did today. Tune into our conversation about my life, my passions, the creation of Brand ID, and the Business of You podcast. I'll share how seeking out the truth and retelling people's stories have set the foundation for my life and career as an entrepreneur. We'll also discuss the importance of personal branding, the power of the web to connect people, and how leaning into your unique gifts and talents can create opportunities for growth and enrichment. So pull up a chair, my friends, grab a cup of coffee, and join us for today's episode of The Business of You. Okay, welcome, Rachel Gogos. I am Jenna, the producer at the Brand ID's The Business of You podcast, and I am thrilled to be interviewing you today, kind of find out how you started on this journey and talk about the brand ID and the um, the digital agency that you have founded and created a very successful business and the Business of You podcast as well and where your inspiration comes from. So first off, just talk to me about your journey. Like how did you start founding the brand ID? My third child, that's what I call it. (laughs) (laughs) It has been like a third child. Well, let's see. If I uh if I zoom the lens out, I I moved to Pittsburgh, uh Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania about 18 years ago. And when I met my husband, we uh we decided to start off our life here. I was living in Boston before that and um had had a really interesting career both in Boston and New York City, where I had lived before that for a decade. So in New York City, after graduate school, I applied my newly minted education degree to the UN and got to work in the Department of Social Development for a while. And uh, this was right around the time that the internet was coming to be, which I'm certainly dating myself (laughs) just sharing that little tidbit. But as the youngest person in my department, I was always asked to do the thing that involved any sort of tech and any sort of writing, because I also have a background in in English lit and journalism. And so uh, after about three years there, I started to get positioned into marketing roles and again, like digital anything. 
So um, the next step of my journey was in journalism. I was working in journalism at the Wall Street Journal and financial news, and I, I just really loved that. I loved being in the epicenter of everything. And I also love being behind the scenes and seeing how a story comes together and also like just how it impacts the world when it does come to life. In that case, it was the financial markets. So so after that role, and, I, and I'm sharing these different roles because they're very much a part of like all the skills I needed to start Brand ID. But as I was moving towards towards Brand ID, right, unbeknownst to me, I wasn't sure like how all these pieces and skills and strengths would come together under one umbrella. But um, but my next stop was Boston, where I worked at an internet consulting company. And then I also worked for the mayor of Boston for a while, for about three years, um, helping bridge the digital divide with technology solutions for, for low-income people, both through the, the po- Boston Public Schools, but also through uh, neighborhood community development centers. And again, there were things I really loved about that job, uh, but mostly it was being behind the scenes of of people's lives and using tools to help them, to empower them, to help them feel empowered so they can bring their lives forward. So fast forward to, uh, I guess it was about 2003, four when I moved to Pittsburgh. I, my first job was working at a nonprofit organization where I was the VP of marketing, helping attract business to the region. And I started having children. And after about three years in that role, I started to realize that I wasn't really fulfilled by it. And now that I had one child and I was pregnant with my second, I really wanted to do something different. And I didn't want to stop working altogether but I needed to find something that gave me the flexibility to be a pretty present mom and uh, like not outsource parenting, mm-hmm. um, but also gave me a window to the type of people I had been encountering and all my other roles, you know, and all my other jobs and all my other roles in the cities that I lived in. And when I lived, when I moved to Pittsburgh, I moved to a suburb and I literally felt like I was kind of dying a slow death. I didn't have a lot of friends here. Um, the working relationships were really different than the ones I had encountered in Boston and New York. And Pittsburgh is an awesome city to raise a family in, but it tends to not have as many people that are in and out of the city in the suburbs, right? In the, mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. city center, it does. And so it wasn't so easy to kind of get enmeshed into into the fabric and the daily lives of other people. Like it was a, It's a super friendly city, but there wasn't really a lot of depth to my relationships. And so um, the full-time job I had gave me a little bit of flexibility, but not as much as I wanted. And about a year or so before, before this, before having kids, my husband had found this article in Time Magazine about the concept of personal branding. And it talked about a, a, the, a Tom Peters article that really gave um, birth to the personal branding the personal branding industry, but it also talked about a gentleman named William Aruda, who has a com- had a company, he actually sold it called Reach Personal Branding, who was offering a certification program in personal branding. And I, my husband gave it to me one day because he knew I wasn't really fulfilled at this job. And he's like, you know, I, I could really see you doing something like this. Why don't you look into it? And I was like, huh, you know, it takes the marketing piece of a lot of the roles I had 
But it also had this like really unusual human element to it, which was essentially, you know, helping unpack people's brands uh, and then projecting them out there into the world in different ways. And I thought, that sounds really interesting. So I put the article in a file and um, and as I became more dissatisfied and unhappy, I actually started working with a life coach, Rosemary Perla. Rosemary Perla was a was a great woman. And so we, again, like dug deeper into what do I want to do next? How do I want my home life to look like when I start having children? Because this was a little bit before Zoe, my oldest. And how do I want my life to look like as I'm raising my children? And so long story short, I decided to to enroll in the certification program from Reach Personal Branding. And that was a three-month program, which coincided with me also leaving my role at this nonprofit I was working at, this economic development organization. And I launched Brand ID in November of 2007, which was a month after my youngest child was born, Alexis. So I had a two-year-old at home. And, and then a newborn. I, and a newborn. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. And a so, newborn company. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that that's how it came to be. Oh, that's really great. And it's it's nice how everything that you've experienced weaves in the storytelling aspect and taking a deep dive into people's lives and their perspectives and who they really are and being able to highlight that, mm-hmm. which to me is the essence of the brand ID. Yeah, absolutely. I love that part of our job, of our work together, really. And uh, Rosemary Perla, the life coach, actually ended up being the very first client of Brand ID. Oh, wow. She was she was growing her coaching business, her life coaching business, and um, she was really intrigued by the personal brand process. And she also needed a website. And so from a from day one. Brand ID had not only personal branding consulting services, but we also had these web implementation services. And that was because I wanted to um, I wanted people to have something tangible at the end of of working with us. And if we were going to develop a personal brand and and help them see themselves and kind of see their next and empower them to live like fulfill their next, right? Like find their role and work and and build this brand, which most of the time was a business brand, even though it was a personal brand, I wanted them to have everything in working with us. How did you develop your process? And I know you've written a book. So when did that come to be? That book came to be about four years ago now. And it was really at the, the push of a person on our team who was, uh, saying I needed a book for a marketing tactic. But the book was so much more than a marketing tactic. But where I started with it was, I in the personal brand process, I used to ask people a, just a bunch of questions that really got them thinking about who they were and how they wanted to show up in life. And this, this process was part reaches process, right? This strategic phase. But, but the reach process also had a couple other components to it. But I, in looking back at my work and Google documents and working with clients, I just noticed a pattern and a cadence from identifying the personal brand, uncovering it to actually 
exuding it through a website. And so the it was great that this came out of a marketing tactic in the sense that it like forced me to sit down and really analyze a bunch of data I had gathered from working with you know lots of clients at that point it was about 8 years in mm-hmm. and figuring out how to create something that could be used with our clients but also something that we could that somebody could use and not work with us, right? So somebody that mm-hmm. maybe doesn't have the budget to work with us, I very much wanted to give them a, a tool, and this is also a workbook, um, to help them uncover their personal brand and help them launch their business. That's great. It's really great. What is one of the most important lessons you've learned over your career? And this is spanning from you know beginning until present day. You had to pick one important lesson. I'd say if there's something you really want to do in life, you can, regardless of, of, you know, where you are in your life socioeconomically or, um, where you might be in a, in a job at another company, if you're employed by someone else, or if you want to start your own thing, there were so many times looking back on my different steps in my career where, I've thought like, gosh, I, I really want to work at the UN. That sounds so amazing. And I'm all for world peace. But I didn't have a connection to the UN at all. It just was like something that seemed very far off. I mean, I'm just a kid that grew up in Buffalo, New York to Greek immigrant parents. Like we weren't connected to anybody in um, international relations or anybody in New York. But yet there was an opportunity that came my way uh, just by being open, you know, and, and I was able to land there without any of those connections. But for me, it's always been about, I'm never clear on my steps, like three, four steps ahead, but I've always been clear on my next step. And, uh, just by identifying that in my mind and in my heart, I've been able to find a way to get there. That's felt more like synchronicity and kind of like, this is the path that God's leading me down which was aligning with my own vision for my next step Mm -hmm. um, versus it being like super strategic and planned out. Right. And planned out. Yeah. So it's kind of like living in the moment, but just tiny step ahead. Yeah, exactly. But just like having, so, so the lesson is like, be clear on where you want to go and don't let anything hold you back from, from getting there. Cause if it's the right next move, there will be signs along the path and opportunities along your path to getting there. Um, What is the one thing your business has brought you that you didn't expect? Freedom to work anywhere in the world. That has been something that was important to me long before people went virtual a couple of years ago. Uh, Having grown up in a, in a family where we had a family restaurant we were always so tied to where we were located geographically. And for me, that felt like it was choking me. So I wanted to have work that would allow me to travel and go anywhere. But there was a part of that that also didn't seem like very clear or real to me, just having grown up again, tethered to a geographical location to work, right? From from my dad, especially to work. So that's, that was definitely one thing to some extent, like I hoped for it, but I didn't expect it to like feel as freeing as it does. Um, And I, and I love that aspect of it. 
And I would say the other thing is that keeps popping in as you ask this question is often people think like when you own your own business, you like fully own your own schedule and calendar. But when you're in a service-based business, like I am, you are, you know, beholden to clients. So one thing I didn't expect is having to really establish, like identify and establish boundaries because I'm very committed, you know, to customer service and an aspect like I feel like I've embedded an aspect of hospitality, um, both for my upbringing, but also for my Greek heritage and, and brand ID. And that's really important to me. So I didn't expect having to figure out how I shouldn't really be accessible, maybe on the weekends or like late at night or super early in the morning. And it still feels like a little bit uncomfortable to me to not be like always available. But also from a sanity perspective, um, I know that I need to, (laughs) I know that I need to do that. (laughs) Need to have that break and that separation. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's definitely even for the team, I know as being a team member, um, you know, when you're a part of the brand ID, it does feel like it's becomes a part of who you are and it is ever present and you do want to participate and do the best you can all the time. So creating those boundaries can be hard. Yeah, totally. Uh, what advice would you give another entrepreneur or business owner that is finds themselves in the same predicament, knowing how you feel about it? I'd say establish in your own mind, in your own working style, how accessible you want to be and to what extent and through what platform too, right? And instead of having to back out of maybe being so accessible, just establish that early on by not, by having boundaries in place. So your customers or clients or patients never feel like you're taking something away from them, but this is just how you do business. So expectations are clear from the get Exactly, exactly. So why the podcast? Why did you start the business of you? Well, this was like, I was so passionate about journalism when I was in college. I'd worked for my college paper and um, it was such a dream to end up at a major publication because again, like I always loved being behind the scenes of a story, like whether it's a personal story or a business story, I just felt that journalism is um, like old school journalism. There is a an honor to it, right? Like you're bringing truth forward and you're bringing objective truth forward so that people could make informed decisions on their own, right? Based on their own Mm -hmm. value system. So for me, the podcast is like a modern day version of me being able to be a journalist and also to um, extend what we do at Brand ID, which has really helped shine the light on other people, whether it's for their personal brand or their business brand. But what was important to me with this podcast is to shine the light on founders and leaders who are not in the limelight because as being slightly introverted myself, I know that I've always like shied away from being in the, in the focus point or in the limelight. But yet I think there's so much depth to people whose like natural personality is, is to be like that. And there's so many lessons that those people have to share. And so 
part of what was important here was um, was interviewing leaders who've built their business and scaled it to a certain level. And again, like kind of shy away from the limelight because I want to bring those stories to light to help other people who are starting their businesses. Yeah, that's great. What has been your favorite thing about the podcast now that you're 50 episodes in? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Uh, my favorite thing is just getting to meet new people and and just uncovering their personal stories and how they got to where they are and um, and understanding how they've built their businesses. I think the podcast is like such an opportunity to get to know some really fascinating people. And there's no pressure in the sense that when I'm meeting them, it's not so much about like becoming a brand AD client or selling our services or, you know, I'm not on... I'm not reacting to their desire to learn about us, right? It's just like this equal conversational ground where I love it to feel like we're just having a cup of coffee together and and getting to share that story. That's definitely how it feels from from our perspective. Um, Excuse me. If you could go back and give your 18-year-old self one piece of advice, what would that be? That it's all going to work out. (laughs) (laughs) No matter what. (laughs) Yeah. Coincidentally, I have a 17-year-old daughter now, and um, she's very much feeling that same angst I felt when I was trying to figure out my next steps with college and what I wanted to be. And I remember literally feeling like, oh my gosh, I have no clue. And my dad would always say to me, like, just do the thing you love. Just do the thing you love and it'll work out. And, you know... At that moment, I was like, oh, that's great advice, but I don't even know what I love. What do I love? (laughs) Yeah. But in hindsight, like that advice coming from someone who didn't have all the choices that I had or, or my daughter has, that was such wise advice. And I'm, I'm so thankful he gave it to me. So that would definitely be it. It's like, it's all going to work out. Okay. You may not know, you know, three steps ahead where you're going to be, but you'll figure it out and it's all going to make sense. So I have a list of six traits for successful entrepreneurs, and I felt like this would be a good exercise for our listeners. Um, How do you relate to each one of these? First one is tenacity. Hmm. Tenacity. How do I relate to it? Meaning like how much tenacity do I have or how important I think it is? Yeah. I mean, do you think, how important do you think it is as an entrepreneur to really dig in and stick with something? Oh, super important. Super important. Because if, I mean, you have to come up with an idea that you're passionate about and you're going to hit roadblocks, it's inevitable as an mm-hmm. entrepreneur. And you've got to have the staying power to to stick with it until you figure out like how to do the thing you want to do. How to make it work and how mm-hmm. to go on. And passion. How does How much does that drive you? It drives a lot because again, like there's going to be roadblocks. You're going to hit hard days. You're going to hit bumps in the road. You're going to find that difficult client, the person who bought your product that wants a refund, like whatever it might be. But if you're passionate about what you're doing, you're going to stick with it more more likely to stick with it and more likely to just overcome. Just like your father said, find Mm -hmm. something you love. Yeah. Yeah. Tolerance of ambiguity, something I'm not good with. Oh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Again, very, very important because you have to figure things out. And just when you think you've figured out like how to do the thing, there's some other 
unknown thing that comes your way in a, in a million different aspects of like service delivery or, or product delivery. It's just inevitable. There's always like something new to figure out as a business owner. <laughs> I always have to pivot. Self-belief. How confident are you? I mean, you're an introvert by nature, but yeah. you have to be confident in your position. I think for me personally, like confidence, it comes and goes with the more I do something or um, the more I know the thing it is that I'm doing really well. I I think when you start out, it you need to have confidence that it's going to work out. But I have found in working with lots of entrepreneurs starting things that they get so um, they get so nervous about. I would say the little things, but they're not so little when you're in it for the first time. Mm-hmm. So I don't want confidence to be a roadblock to somebody doing their own thing. It does come with time and it does. I, I have found again, personally, that it just like wavers in and out for me. Um, but surrounding myself with just a couple of people that remind me that I have the abilities and the strengths and the experience to do the thing that might be pushing my comfort zone has been so helpful. And sometimes you get more confidence when you, you find yourself questioning and then you get through that stage and it's like, that just adds another layer. Yeah. It's so true. Vision. How do you spot opportunities? Vision. Because, I mean, you've started lots of things in the brand ID other than yeah. just web design. You know, we have themes, you have your book, you have the podcast, we have all kinds of things. So where do you spot those opportunities and then capitalize on them? Mm-hmm. I just look at trends. I try to look at the market just in general and where it's going. I try to have a kind of like a holistic global perspective on online business and entrepreneurial, entrepreneurism, if that's even a word. And um, specifically in our industry, I knew that websites would eventually become to be perceived as a commodity industry. And it's always been important to me that we don't fall into the commodity space. So for example, the themes was part knowing that we, you know, needed to have some other way to differentiate ourselves. But it was also like part luck, quite honestly, because we had a developer on our team whose name is Alex Mustin some years back who just had a passion for developing themes and he had the knowledge to do it. And uh, and it coincided with a partnership we had with a company called Genesis or Studio Press and them also needing themes. So... There were a bunch of factors that came into play, like just in that one thing, right? It was like, I had the right person on the team. We had this partnership where we could actually create a theme and put it in their marketplace. And it was like a, a you know, way to market the theme as well. But it was also, again, like looking at the industry as a whole and knowing like, we don't want to be this uh, like one size fits all solution or like this commoditization of something that people could buy really cheap. Like our team really has so much depth and so much breadth in what we do. And we're not just building websites, we're building businesses. So how do, how do, you know, so this comes back a bit to your question, even uh, like on the vision piece and, and figuring out how to grow. It's just being aware of lots of different facets and what it is that you're doing 
and then looking at, okay, well, what's it going to take to, for me to do the thing, right? Whatever that thing is, or, you know, to your point about the podcast also too, um, well, the podcast is probably the, one of the first things I've done that's purely been for like me to create something pure new. joy. <laughs> yeah. Like pure joy. Right. It's not so much about like, will we monetize it? What value does it bring the company? How many clients does it bring? Like, yeah, it would be great if it does that, but that's really not the reason behind it. I just needed, I needed something creative that I could get behind that it, like that truly does bring me joy. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And it so, really does bring everything question. full circle, you know, you're that yeah. whole, back to that whole aspect of storytelling and being so, you know, intimately involved in um, other people's story and their journey in building their businesses. Really yeah. lights you up, obviously. Um, if you were to describe the most unique thing about the brand ID in one word, now you can use several words because that might be too hard. <laughs> what would it be? I'd say co-collaboration. Mm, I like that. Yeah. People come to us uh, asking us to create something for them, but we very much need their ingredients to be able to do what we do. All of us do best, right? Um, and so we need to collaborate amongst ourselves as a team, but the client very much needs to be a big part of the process. It can't just be like, you know, giving us an order and we deliver on it. And that brings me to the whole personal branding definition. How do you define the, the space of personal branding? Because, um, you know, it, it's gotten to be kind of a generic term and I'm interested in how you would define it. Yeah. So I define it as a combination of your, your reputation and your essence or your DNA. So like your, you know, your true personality and combined with marketing, I'd say one of the biggest, um, myths people have about personal branding is they think all of a sudden they need to be extra extroverted and be in all the places and almost be like obnoxious about who they are and that it's a very like I, I, I kind of thing to do, but it, it's totally not unless that's your personality. Right. Mm-hmm. So the marketing piece or like the projection piece is really about um, elevating who you are is a personal brand, right? And that's your reputation and your true personality and injecting it into your business. Because Mo- most of the people we work with are, are cr- growing their businesses. Um, those two, in my opinion, are so deeply linked, right? Like your business is such a reflection of your personality and your ability to grow that business, especially at the beginning is like, so deeply based on the reputation you already have out there, even if you're working with people you've never worked with before who just stumble upon you on Google, right? Like they're going to Google you before they hire you. That's just the way the world is today. And so, um, so yeah, the, that combination, the, the word personal branding for me, it means those three things. And like just random, I don't know if I've ever even told you this story, Jenna, but the name Brand ID came to me at, uh, I'd say like really by divine guidance many years ago, I was trying to think of what to call Brand ID and um, 
this kept popping into me, brand ID, brand ID. And so many people pronounce it brand id, brand mm-hmm. id. Mm-hmm. And and it is the ID stands for identity, but it does also stand for your id, like your id, ego, and super ego, right from good old Sigmund Freud. But the id is like the truest part of our personality that we have with us from when we are born. In fact, it's our ego and our super egos developed over time, but the id is something we're born with. And I really feel at the core of what we do is helping people tap into who they truly are to project it and amplify it in a way for them to to grow their brand so they can monetize whatever it is that they're doing and bringing to the world. So if someone was, um, if an entrepreneur or business owner came to you um, and they wanted to start a brand new company, um, or even if they were 10 years in, what is the best time to come to you or to come to Brand ID and um, start the process of their personal branding and that deep dive? The best time to come is at the beginning because even if they're like a new a new business owner and um, they're thinking about how to start a business, there are certain things that are really, really powerful to get clear and kind of embed into the foundation of your new business. And for someone that's been around for 10 years and just ready to take things up a notch, again, like going back to the basics and really looking at the foundation of like what your brand is and what it stands for and how do you convey those through every aspect of an interaction a potential client or customer has with you is like such an incredible way to grow that business too. Um, A little personal question. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? Uh, empowering others to find their purpose and and live in a way that feels like free to them and abundant to them. I've always been passionate about people like we're, we're all empowered to live our, the lives, live our lives the way we want to live them. But what happens is we end up at, you know, we graduate from college and need to make money and we end up in a job and then you know, we might move around job-wise and start to make earn more money and and get married, have kids, or maybe that doesn't happen. But whatever happens, like we start living at the level of income that we're bringing in and we start to feel a little bit stuck and can't really find a way out. So we squelch, oftentimes squelch the dreams we may have had for ourselves early on from college or maybe from a younger age. And I really believe that where there's a will, there's a way. And if you want to do something different, you absolutely have the ability to do that. You just got to figure out how. And so um, figuring out what your purpose is, figuring out what you want your day-to-day life to look like and like being empowered to do that, to bring that to life is, is the thing that I want to be remembered for, like as a parent, as a spouse, you know, as a person who works with lots of people, um, helping them like birth or grow their businesses. That's, that's something super important to me because it's empowering and it's a gateway to, to freedom, like to feel really free in your life because you're choosing to do the thing you want to do. And it's everlasting too, long before, yeah. long after you're gone. 
Oh, it's everlasting. And, and I think it's truly like the only way to feel real joy in your life because we spend so much of our time working. Um, if it's, if it's that thing that doesn't actually feel like work, I mean, what an amazing way to live. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So back to your dad's advice. Find yeah. What you yeah. Love. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Never even thought about that. What three books would you recommend our audience to read and why? Um, I'm rereading The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. That's all about figuring out where your upper limit is and how to exceed it. And I I have this personal, uh, just like this personal philosophy where I don't watch a movie twice or don't read a book twice because there's so much of amazing content out there in both. (laughs) So if I read a book twice, like that's that's definitely a good um, a good indication that one should read a book. I recently heard about a book called The Go-Giver, which I love. Um, I'll send you a copy of that. But I I recommend that to everyone because if everybody did business in the way that it was described in The Go-Giver, it would be, the world would just be like such a happier place all all around. Hmm. And the third book, there is a book that also, it's another one I've reread. It's, it's, the author is Florence Shovel Shim, and it's called The Game of Life. Oh. It has a subtitle, so we'll look it up and put it in the show notes. But that book, I stumbled upon it many years ago. I think I was living in New York City, so it's over 25 years ago. And um, it just was a really empowering book. It, and I kind of is... Um, if I had it equated to a movie, it would be like The Secret, but long before The Secret came to be huh. known. Yeah. So it talks about energy and again, like this game of life, but very, it's uh, very much like grounded in Christianity, which is something important to me, my faith. So, so yeah, that book really resonated with me too. All right. What's the next biggest thing for the brand ID or the Business of You podcast? Who I've trying, I've been trying to be really good in 2022 <laughs> and not have like a new thing just to not drive everybody crazy <laughs> on the team. But um, I would say it's not necessarily a new thing, but just doing what we do better, like just taking the podcast to the next level, um, working with our clients in in better ways, in deeper ways. There, there is, and you don't even know about this yet, but there is this process I'm going to um, actually get certified in that I'm going to bring another brand ID because it's so aligned with what we already do. It's so fascinating. I'm really excited about that. And of course, there is one thing that we relaunched this year, which is mypath101.com. And my goal in 2023 is to get that out there and market it because we this year was all about kind of recreating it in a in a better more streamlined way um so in 2023 i I think again it would um it would be fun to start to market that a little bit well for those nothing new for who know for the people that don't know what my path is tell us a little bit about my path and your passion project it's a membership site for high school and college students to help them figure out who they are and how to figure out what to do in college, where to go in college. It's really about helping them uh, helping them know thyself, right? As Socrates said, mm-hmm. um, really 
there's nothing right now in high school that helps a student better understand who they are. They often take assessments that are multiple choice, and then they get data that tells them they should be X, Y, or Z, but they can't see themselves in that because it's not really helping them figure out who they are, right? So this is the exact opposite of that. It's open-ended. It is a membership site, but you can fill out uh, some information along the way that gives you what's called an identity report that you can share with a guidance counselor or a mentor or a coach, someone who's advising you on your next steps, like whether you're going to college or trade school or whether you're in college already. And are there facets of the MyPath um, program that stem from the beginning baby entrepreneur that comes to the brand ID? A hundred percent. So my, what I didn't share was I actually have a master's in higher ed administration because I'd wanted to be a dean of students once upon a time. And when I started brand ID and was some years in and working with people and hearing their stories, it was in college where they kind of veered off the path or like after college where they veered off the path of their, their really like their true dreams. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, huh, if I could take like our brand ID process and somehow meld it with the student development theories that I had learned back in grad school, but also like provided to students in a way that's affordable and accessible and something they could do at their own pace, what would that look like? And, um, and that's, that's how my path came to be. It's a tool that is really easy for them to access super, super, super low cost. So whether they're a baby entrepreneur, like you mentioned, or they're a student, it can be super helpful to them. That's awesome. That's really great. Well, I have enjoyed talking with you today and turning the tables on our 50th episode. And I'm really looking forward to continuing um, our conversations with all kinds of business owners, entrepreneurs, authors, speakers, and sharing their journeys. So it's been nice to talk to you today. Well, thanks, Jenna. This was such a great idea you had to turn the lens on me because, as you know, I would have never in a million years (laughs) thought to do this for myself. So, So thank you. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Business of You. If you found a little dose of inspiration or learned something new, please leave a review and share it with a friend or even two. Interested in building your brand and business? Tune in next time to the Business of You podcast. And remember, there's only one you. You're the biggest differentiator your business has. Until next time, friends.